You don't know flag. You Don't Know Flat, a podcast full of stories about retro gaming, retro computing, video games, arcade games, and technology from a guy who was there and still is. My name is Rob O'Hara, but for the next 30 minutes, you can call me Flat. Episode 200, Part 2, A Retrospective. Greetings and salutations, listeners, and welcome to Part 2 of Episode 200 of You Don't Know Flat. Today is March 28th, and I am your host, Rob Flack O'Hara. On today's episode of You Don't Know Flack, we will be taking a look at the history of this podcast. I'll run through all the previous episodes, and we will talk a little bit about the future of the show. I would like to start off by saying that this middle part of episode 200 was my original idea for all of episode 200. I wanted the, uh, you know, the celebratory, is that a word, episode 200 to be about the history of the show and talking about the history. And I did have this little inkling that I wanted to include some interviews. And so I, I reached out. I got the opinion of two or three people that I trust that listen to the show, friends of mine, and all of them said we would much rather listen to interviews. (laughs) That sounds a lot more interesting than what you have planned. And so that was kind of the compromise that I came up with was this multi-release episode 200 that will include interviews. You've already heard the first part, which was my interview with my buddy Andy. You're going to hear this part of episode 200, which is my retrospective look at You Don't Know Flack, and then we will have part three, which will be another interview with my buddy Jeff. So uh, before we get started, I'm I'm not going to do loading time or news or anything like that. I will mention before we begin that if you hear any construction sounds, I have at least two neighbors that are doing major construction. One is having a pool put in. The other one is having something built in their backyard. I'm not sure what. So my entire street is lined with construction vehicles. So if you do happen to catch a a rogue sound coming in through the window, I've I've picked the best possible time I could. It's honestly been a lot louder over the past week, which is part of the reason why this episode is a little late. But this is the best I can do right now. So hopefully we won't hear anything uh, too loud creeping into the recording. Uh, the other thing I'll say before we get started is don't forget that if you enjoy this episode, if you enjoy this podcast that you can always support the show on Patreon. And the link to that is patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara. All Patreon supporters get behind the scene blog posts, weekly videos, access to the Amigos retro gaming discord server, and lots of additional perks. And if you're not into Patreon or supporting the show uh, financially, The other ways that you can help me out is by sharing links to this show on social media and liking and reviewing the show on iTunes. As always, if you have feedback about this or any episode of You Don't Know Flack, you can email me directly at robohara at robohara.com. Join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Commodore or leave me a message on my podcast hotline, which is 405 
486YDKF. And with that, we'll get started with this second part of episode 200. Well, it is fair to say that if I hadn't written and published Commodore, my first book, all the way back in 2006, that there never would have been a podcast. Self-publishing is an interesting business. It's an interesting way to publish a book. And of course, today we have ebooks, which are much more popular than they were back in 2006. In 2006, ebooks were not considered to be a viable way really to publish your book. And self-publishing was still somewhat in its infancy. Of course, there was a and still is a stigma attached to self-publishing that self-publishing was not, quote, real publishing. And uh, traditionally published authors, of which I have uh, been looked down <laughs> upon from uh, several, uh, that um, self-publishing was basically giving up on traditional publishing. And so, but there are reasons uh, to self-publish your book. If you have a, uh, in my case, if you have a, a, very specific niche, 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 however you want to say that, that um, doesn't lend itself towards mass publication, then that is one uh, valid reason to go with self-publishing. And so that's what I chose to do with Commodore. Now, when I first published Commodore, self-published Commodore, I ordered 30 physical copies of the book. I had 30 copies printed. And I took them to a local gaming convention, a, a yearly uh, or annual gaming expo. And I remember thinking how foolish I was to only bring 30 copies. Surely I would sell that many throughout the course of a weekend or a, an eight-hour day at a, a gaming convention. And I don't remember how many I actually sold, but I know I brought at least half of the books home with me, maybe more than that. And that was after I had pulled... Uh, at least three of the books had a rotation. I pulled out copies number one, two, and three and numbered those and gave a copy, uh, one to each of my parents and kept one for myself. So I didn't actually sell that many copies. And then the book was, uh, someone wrote a, uh, a review of the book and it ended up on Slashdot, if you remember Slashdot. And it went viral. And overnight, you know, I had sold 10 books in the first two or three weeks. And then overnight, I sold 100 copies. And that was really what started the ball rolling with Commodore. And that got me some exposure. I was able to sell copies. People started to see my name online on the internet. And that was really um, what led to the beginning of Commodore sales. But that didn't last forever. Uh, people found the book. They, they bought the book. And then that was it. I did get the book listed on Amazon. And some people found the book there. But um, sales eventually dropped back off. And so when I started working on my second book, which was Invading Spaces, A Beginner's Guide to Collecting Arcade Games, I couldn't figure out another way. I couldn't plan uh, that same success. I couldn't get uh, slash dotted again. I couldn't uh, get people interested in the book. And I was looking for a way to self-promote a self-published book, which was very difficult. You know, in between those two years, 2006 and 2008, self-publishing had really begun to take off. You know, when I 
sold Commodore, one of the things that helped it sell was self-publishing books was I mean, you know, a pretty small group. I believe the serial number on that that I got through Lulu.com, which is where I self-published through at that time, was in uh, the 300,000. So it was one of the first 300,000 books. And then when I did uh, Invading Spaces a few, you know, two years later, it was well into the multiple millions was the number I got. So uh, they had really taken off. Self-publishing had really taken off at that point. And I was trying to find ways to market my book. And so I I got this book and I think it was called it was something to do with guerrilla marketing, I think is what it was called. And I still have it somewhere, but it was ways that you could come up to market yourself, whatever you're trying to sell. And I looked through and, and there were all these different uh, ideas. You know, you could make pamphlets or you could have a I don't know, just different ideas. But one of the ideas in there <coughs> was that you could either go on podcasts and get interviewed, or uh, you could start your own podcast. And so I thought, well, that's an interesting idea. And I hit up a couple of podcasts, and podcasts, and this is 2008. Uh, this is pretty early in the podcasting game, in the big picture of things. And I contacted a, a few podcasters, and I went on a podcast or two and did some interviews but I thought, you know what I think I would like to do is start my own podcast. And so the whole point of starting a podcast for me was to advertise my book. That was really the only reason why I started this podcast. Not the, I mean, it was the primary reason, you know. Uh, there were a couple of uh, other podcasts that I had been listening to that I kind of sat down and I got ideas from. I've mentioned uh, The Boring Beige Box, which was a podcast done by a gentleman named Matt Wilson. And uh, I really got inspired by that because he was uh, my generation. He had you know, gone through the, these, uh, you know, the, the boring beige box refers to generic PCs, uh, when, when PCs, you know, towers really had no <laughs> character to them. They were just these, you know, boring beige boxes. And he had all these IBM related type stories and early computer stories. And the way that he told stories, uh, really inspired me. And the other podcast that I mentioned at the time, and I'm sure there were others, but uh, was Carrington Vanston had a old Apple II podcast called One Megahertz. And if you ever listened to that, uh, that was really where I got the structure for Sprite Castle. It's it's um, not a, a let's call it a, a tribute or an homage rather than a a complete aping of his show, but um, but you know Carrington just had this this way of presenting information in a logical uh, outline, a logical order where he could say, this is the game, this is what we'll talk about, this is you know who worked on it, this is how you play the game, that sort of thing. And I just thought that was a great idea. Of course, you know, we're, we're still in this time where we're before I've started any of my podcasts, you know. But um, I so I got this, I you know, I got on the idea I got on board with was starting a podcast. And so we went to the public library and I was looking through books and I found literally the bright yellow book that says podcasting for dummies. <laughs> and while my wife was looking 
for other information at the library. I got that book, sat down, and just started flipping through it and taking notes. And when it was time to leave, I said, I have to check this book out. I've got to go. I mean, it was just a wealth of information. And it talked about all the things you needed to do, the equipment. Of course, a lot of it was already dated by the time I saw it about, you know, where to, how to publish and, and uh, uh, you know, different like, oh, this is a popular site for publishing podcasts. And I would look and they were already gone. So it was it was still the early days, you know, but but that was the book. That really got me the information I needed uh, for You Don't Know Flat. And so I wanted to do two things. I wanted to take that logical standpoint that Carrington had set up with one megahertz, which was present things in a logical order, you know, introduce a topic, talk about the topic, wrap up the topic, you know, that, that sort of flow. Um, but I also wanted to do what Matt Wilson was doing with Boring Beige Box, which was tell these stories. And, um, you know, not just, I, I, I had listened to podcasts where people would say that they were going to talk about, I'm just trying to think of a topic off the top of my head, you know, uh, PlayStation, I'm going to talk about the Sony PlayStation. And then they would proceed to essentially read you the Wikipedia article on the PlayStation. And I knew that wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't want to do uh, just dry facts like that. I wanted to mix things together. I wanted to present a little bit of facts and a little bit of history, but I wanted to tell my story, my uh, memories, my history with those topics. So it's a kind of a one, two thing. And so that was always the plan for this podcast, which by the way, fell apart really quick. Well, didn't, didn't fall apart, but we'll get to, I'm jumping ahead of myself. So I came up with this idea, uh, not an idea, but but I came up, you know, I had basically decided that I wanted to do a podcast, but I couldn't come up with a name and I had gone through all these different names. And so um, I was active on a forum called Digital Press at the time uh, and I went on Digital Press and I have looked up and the post is still there. I posted this on January 31st, 2008. And the title of this post is Name My Podcast. And I wrote, quote, I am trying to come up with a name for my new podcast and I could use your help. The podcast will consist of me talking about computers, video games, arcade games, and technology, all mostly retro. So far, I've come up with uh, things with flack in the title, like flatcast or things with retro in the title, which all seem to be overused. I was thinking of retro amplitude or something like that. I was trying to come up with something that conveyed the fact that I'd be telling old tales, kind of like campfire stories or fireside chats. I don't want to use anything specific to a particular system or game. I'm afraid if I call it Commodore, people will assume that it's only about Commodore topics. I tried combining words with classic games I like, like Podblazer or Task Tales, but neither really struck me as a winner. Throw your ideas into the ring. If you come up with a name I end up using, you'll win something. So that was my pitch to uh, on the uh, digital press forums to help me come up with a name for my podcast. And that was the parameters I set. It would be a podcast where I talked about retro technology, retro games, that sort of things. 
Here is a list of suggestions I got over the next seven days. In no particular order. The Classic Compendium. Catching Flack. What the Flack? Flackman Fever. Flacknology. Flack to the Future. Flack in Time. Flack Attack. Funk Master Flack. Flack Out. Flack in Your Ear. Songs About Flacking. The Flack Fire. Flack Fire Tales. The Flack Side. The Flack Story. Flack Edge. Flack It. Dusty Bits. Dusty Bites. Attic Apocrypha. Binary Tales. Bitwise Barbecue. Flack Off. Return of the Flack. Retro Radio. Tales from the Couch. Digitales. Flack Tales. Flack the Mac. Retro Flack Shack. Flax Retro Radio. Talk Flack. Retro Flack Cast. Flax Retro Throwback. Classic Gaming with Flack. The Retrocast with Flack. Flax Retro Arcade. Flax Horror Stories. Lifestyles of the Flack and Gaming. Classic Flack. Flack Fudge and the Velvet Brownie Mafia. Remember When. Beyond 1000. Doctor Yesterday. Flax Tracks. Flack Flim. Flagging Flack. Rob's Roundup. O'Hara O'Hellia. <laughs> Jack Flax Cast from the Past. And Flax Flask. So those were all titles that were submitted as suggestions. And it's funny that there are a few of those that actually, I think, turned into podcast names for other people's podcasts. Not because someone else saw this list, but just because they were generic type terms, you know, retro radio and, and things like that, uh, retro cast. You know, I, I think some of those ideas were invented by a lot of people at the same time. Uh, but there was a response from one user whose name was Scooter B 32 and he had a few suggestions. One was Tales from the Flack Side, This Week in Flack, and Flack's Retro Podcade, uh, which were all kind of interesting but didn't quite fit the show. And then he added one more suggestion. You Don't Know Flack, the podcast. Now, this was obviously a pun on You Don't Know Jack, the game. So it was uh, you know gaming-related. But you don't have to be familiar with You Don't Know Jack to get the the term You Don't Know Flack. And it worked because it's all me telling you stories about myself. So if you don't know Flack, if you don't know me, you will after listening to these episodes. And so I thought that was just a great fit. And so that was the one that I picked out of that giant pile. And I don't remember what prize that I sent Scooter B32. I think I sent him a copy of my book and something else. Uh, but um, but that's where I got the name. You don't know Flack. And so that helped form. I've told this fact before. I had a friend a long time ago who was a coder who told me every time before he writes a script or a program, if you've listened to the show, you know this story, that he picks a good name first. And once he has the name, the program just falls in line. And that's kind of what happened with You Don't Know Flack. Once I settled on that name, the show became clear. It was, you don't know me, you don't know Flack, and so I'm going to tell you stories so that you'll get to know me better. It just worked great. It really worked out. Now, as I began working on the first episode, I knew I had to have an episode that would introduce me and talk about my history. And I'll talk more about this in a few minutes, but the idea was 
that it, my first episode would be called firsts. And I would talk about, you know, my first computer, my first video game system, the first arcade game I own. Those were the three, three topics in that episode. And that was going to be episode one. And I got some feedback from different people and, and you can't listen to everybody, man. If I have learned one thing from podcasting over the years, it's that you can't, uh, you can listen to everyone's feedback, but you can't implement everyone's feedback. You just can't make a show that makes everyone happy. I wish I could. I wish I could do things, but eventually you'll get suggestions that contradict each other. Someone, uh, I had this, uh, for a while I put music in the, in the episodes and I had people say you need more music and people say you need less music. Well, you can't please both of those people. <laughs> So you kind of have to either take, you know, whatever the most people say or what other people are doing or, you know, what you want to do and implement that. But you can't please everyone. But there are a few things that people said that I listened to. And one, it makes it sound like I don't listen to most people. I listen to a lot of people. I listen to a lot of advice. I listen to more than I should. Uh, but a guy told me that he would never listen to a podcast with less than 10 episodes. And the reasoning was that in those first 10 episodes, people either do one of two things. They either work out the issues, they work out their technical issues. And, and if you've listened to a lot of podcasts, you know that's true. The first couple may sound different as they improve their microphones or the way that they do their editing, things like that. So uh, often, and including in my show, early episodes sound different than later episodes. But the other thing is a lot of podcasts don't make it past 10 episodes. And so, you know, essentially what he was saying is a lot of people throw in the towel. And I mean, how many podcasts have you subscribed to? I know I've I've found many over the years that have three episodes or four or five episodes and just trailed off. People find out how much work it is. <laughs> they find out how much is involved, not just in the recording and the editing and the posting and the promoting and all those different things. And they just burn out pretty quickly. So... Uh, I wanted to come up with this idea, you know, uh, well, people said they wouldn't listen to it with less than, than 10 episodes. So I had that in my head. And then at the same time, and I think that I've told this show somewhere on the podcast, but uh, I I had this idea, you know, around that same time uh, that I got a checkbook and my wife took me to the bank and said, I need a checkbook because we were both traveling and if a credit card failed or something, you know, we would be able to write a check. And I'd never had a checkbook. And when I got my first checkbook, I think they started the numbering at 500. And they said, you know, well, yeah, nobody's going to take check number one from you. So it just starts at 500 and it looks like you've been writing checks for a while. And so I combined those ideas and I thought, I'm going to start my podcast at episode 101. So it looks like I've already done 100 episodes. And I'm coming in now at episode 101, and people will be like, oh, man, this guy's been around forever. So even though we are celebrating episode 200 of You Don't Know Flack, this is technically we have 100 episodes in the bag. I have had people ask me, where are the first 100 episodes? And I never fib about it. I just tell people I started numbering the, the podcast episode 101. I think of it as season one, episode one, 101. So that's not that mischievous, I don't think. I also had people tell me that two things about iTunes. Number one, there was kind of a convention that you shouldn't 
launch a podcast until you had three episodes recorded. Now, I didn't do that, and maybe that's more modern advice. Um, but I, after I launched, I did have people tell me that, that you shouldn't just record one episode and upload it. Um, back then, there weren't as many podcasts to compete with, so maybe it wasn't as big of a deal back then. But that's, again, that idea that, oh, okay, you're kind of established. You you haven't just done one episode and you're walking away, that you have multiple episodes coming. I did also have a listener tell me, or not a, a potential listener, that they would never listen to a podcast unless it was on iTunes. And I looked on online, and I think at that time, 90% of all podcasts were on iTunes. Now, of course, there are other ways to listen to podcasts today. We have you know, Stitcher, and, and now, um, gosh, I know uh, Google has got into uh, the podcast business, and um, uh, Amazon now has podcast lists. So there are other ways to listen to podcasts, but at the time iTunes was it. You were either in the iTunes directory or people couldn't find you. And so those were all things that I wanted to do up front. You know, I wanted to start that numbering. I wanted to uh, make sure the show was on iTunes and then just, you know, try to get the word out. And why did I want to get the word out? Because I wanted to sell my book. (laughs) It was never about the podcast, not in the beginning. It was about selling the book. And so I would talk about technical things and then I would plug the book on the show. That was the whole plan. That plan never really materialized because the podcast became so much more popular than the book. And it turned out that I liked doing the podcast more than I liked writing the book. So, uh, it, it, um, I don't know. Backfired is not the right word. It front fired. (laughs) I just coined that term. The whole thing front fired. So the next thing I did, now that I have this idea for a show, you don't know Flack, and it's all going to be about technology and all these great things, is that I sat down uh, with a document, and I think from the very beginning, I've done everything through Google Docs. Uh, I do all my show notes on Google Docs. I do all my organizing on Google Docs. I have spreadsheets where I, I list topics and things like that, and I made a list of the top 10 things I should do episodes about. Several of those I've never done. (laughs) Some of them I have. Um, But on that list was, you know, an episode about modems. An episode about printers was on the list. An episode about networks and networking. And the idea was that I would start a topic and then I would tell all my stories about that topic. And a lot of those stories were going to come from uh, my two books. They would come from Invading Spaces uh, and Commodore. And so I would be able to pull that stuff. So I wasn't going to have to create new content necessarily. I could pull those stories and, and group them together in a different way and kind of recycle that information. And so that was, uh, you know, the, the whole idea that I would take these technical topics, uh, mostly from my books and recycle them into podcasts. Well, if you know the history of, you don't know, Flack episode two, was about Dungeons and Dragons, which completely <laughs> blew my entire plan out of the water. It it changed the course of everything, and much for the better. Now, on that list that I made of ideas like modems and printers and networking, you know, uh, I eventually sorted those into three tiers. And the first one, I just wrote this header that says great ideas. So something like... Hmm, let me think of one. Uh, 
one of the one like the one I did with uh, handheld radio scanners. That was under great ideas because it's a technical topic. It's a topic that I could may have touched on in Commodore. I think I talked about it in Commodore a little bit. Uh, so I could tie it back to one of the books. And uh, not only is it a technical topic that would, you know, hopefully appeal to my audience, but also I had stories about it. I had personal experience with it. And so those were the great ideas, things that were technical, but that I also had a personal relationship. Then the second tier were the header on that was stretchers. Uh, an example of that was printers. So I thought at the time, okay, well, I could talk about printers, you know, I mean, that sounds kind of boring, but, but I just, you know, didn't have stories. I would have to come up with stories or, or dig and, and think of stories. Like I don't have a great, I mean, I have a couple of good printer stories, but, um, but it's not like the radio, the handheld scanner, which, you know, all of a sudden when I think about that, I go, Oh, I've got 20 stories about that. So there are ideas that I could take it and stretch it into an episode, which is why I called them stretchers. But I didn't have a, you know, it's not like an episode that wrote itself, I guess is the difference. And then the number third one, uh, I don't even remember what, what the header was, but it was suggestions that I don't have any connection to. Like, I remember someone said, you should write an episode about Linux. I don't know anything about Linux. Like, I know the bare essentials, uh, how to, you know, change directories and make directories and and um, copy files. And, you know, I, I mean, I know enough to uh, set up a, a, a bot in IRC. <laughs> and I know enough to move files around from FTP sites and download them. But that, you know, I only learned enough Linux to to get by. I mean, just what I needed to know. So I'm not a Linux expert at all. So it felt like, like there was the things that I had no personal connection with very little to no personal history or stories about. And it would just be me doing a lot of research and reading off stuff that I, you know, I didn't really feel like I knew necessarily. So uh, there were of those top 10 topics, the first 10 topics that I came up with, there are some that ended up in that third tier that have never moved out of it. Um, just just things that sounded like a good idea and that I just had no connection to. And so they, they just kind of live down there bubbling. And every now and then I check the list and, and see if there's something I could turn into a show. Um, there, there were some, I guess, that were kind of in that, I guess, in that middle tier. Another one that was in there was modems. And I do kind of have an idea now to put together for a modem episode, but the thing was is that I had stories about modems that all got pilfered into other episodes. You know, it wasn't about the modem. It was about downloading or about buying a modem or this and that, you know. And, and so they were ideas that sounded good, but I just didn't have enough to turn into a uh, a full episode. So over time, uh, and again, we're, we haven't even got to where we're, we're talking about episodes yet, but... Um, in the very beginning, I struggled with audio quality, you know, for this show, I went back and listened to at least a few minutes of every episode and boy, some of those early episodes sound terrible. There's a lot of episodes where the audio seems to just go to one channel. Like, I don't know what happened with that. Um, I'm surely I must've noticed it at the time. Maybe it's a setting I did. I don't know what happened, but, um, you know, and when I began the show in the very beginning, I just had a, a USB headset. I think that's the the first thing I started with was this uh, USB headset 
with a, a boom mic that I think I got for $20 at Radio Shack. And it did not sound good at all. And, uh, you know, so I moved through uh, different kind of hardware. And we can talk. You know what? Let's just talk about it now. Um, I started with that headset. I had this little headset. But I had um, I had some recording equipment. You know, I bought some equipment to record a band who had come to my house to visit. And so I had bought a bunch of really good microphones, like Shure 58 microphones, and I had a mixing board that was a Mackie 24 by four. This is 24 channel mixing board. This is something that you would see in a small to medium sized recording studio. And it filled up an entire desk and I dragged it out of the closet and put it on this desk by itself and had one microphone plugged into it, <laughs> did all my balance and stuff. And it sounded pretty good, but the, the, the desk real estate was just out of control for that thing. And then I bought a smaller mixing board, a Behringer mixing board, which worked pretty good. And I can't remember why I got away from that. Um, but eventually I, I settled on a USB, uh, a Blue Yeti microphone. And that's what I've been using uh, for a long time. And I have two or three of them, actually. I have one that I uh, use if I need to, to travel. Oh, and, I, and then I had that Zoom uh, H, I think it's called a HR2 which was a little portable recording device. And I, I messed around with that for a while too. And, and that worked, you know, it was good for mobile recording, but uh, it recorded to SD cards and I had multiple recordings get corrupted. Either there would be clicking on the audio tracks or it just wouldn't save. And I, I just could not uh, invest, you know, doing a two hour show on something where the whole time I was worrying whether or not it was going to record properly. And so, um, you know, I, I ended up getting rid of that, but so there were a lot of changes in hardware over the time. There were also, there were more changes than that. One, another change, uh, well, two off the top of my head. One was in the early days, I would write out the entire episode line by line. I mean, like a, like a story, like a book. And I would sit there and read every episode or every line of it uh, line by line. Another change that I made along the way was the intense amount of editing I was performing on every episode. In the early days, I I learned from listening back to my podcast that I am terrible with filler words. Words like, you know, and uh, that's a bad one for me. And so that's another bad one for me. Filler words are important. They're not important, but they're commonly used. It's a subliminal way to say that I'm about to say something without saying anything, but you're holding the space. So if you're having a conversation with somebody and you start a thought and then you say, and uh, it lets the other person know that there's more coming. <laughs> It's a terrible habit to get into it. It's very difficult to get out of my brain. I, I feel like someday I don't know that they could learn that much from my brain if they cut it out of my head when I die and look at it. But my brain just doesn't work like a lot of other people's brains. And I have a very difficult time planning what I'm going to say a sentence or two from now. It kind of comes out. Uh, really, my day is just one common stream of consciousness. 
So I do use a lot of those filler words, and when I think about it and I try not to say them, it sounds very unnatural to me. But when I listen back to the show and I hear them, they drive me crazy. And so I used to, see, I did it, I used to go back and cut all of those out. I also used to cut out breaths. Like that one, which was not intentional, but I would cut out those long breaths and sighs and pauses that didn't really make the show flow. I tried to make it sound like it almost sounds unnatural when you listen to some of them because it sounds like I'm not ever taking a breath. It just sounds like I'm talking straight for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever. But I stopped doing that at one point in time because it was driving me crazy. I was getting to the point where... When I would do a podcast, I would record for an hour, and then it would take me two to three hours to edit, and it just wasn't sustainable. And not for me. Some people do it, but I mentioned on the episode about podcasting that the better quality podcast that you put into the microphone that you put into the computer, the less you have to do on the back end, and that's what works for me. Uh, Carrington on that episode said that he doesn't edit at all, and I strive. I don't think I've ever succeeded in pulling off a show that I didn't have to make at least a few tweaks. Uh, There are huge edits to episodes that people don't ever realize. Halfway through the opening of this show, my wife walked into the room with lunch. (laughs) So I had to finish a sentence, uh, set a, a visual break, stop the recording, I ate lunch, and then I picked up the next sentence. It's The goal is to make it seamless so you don't hear those things. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. But at the end of the day, I'm not a professional recording artist. I'm, this isn't a professional studio. So I think we're all just doing our best. When it comes to categories of podcasts, as I kind of went through, and we're getting ready to start, But as I went through all the old episodes, I kind of made some different mental categories. There are nostalgic episodes. There are list episodes. Those are episodes where I just came up with lists of things to talk about. There are broad topics, which I'll discuss. And that was a bad idea to do those. And then there are micro topics, which I think turned out to be really well. So an example, a broad topic was arcades. And I tried to cram every single story and every single arcade I've ever been to all into one podcast. It was a terrible idea because it chewed up so much source material that I couldn't repeat later on the show. But a micro topic, I did one on the arcade game 720. That's a great micro topic. It's one game. I could talk about 720. I owned a 720. I had 720 uh, branded shoes. I had, you know, I had lots of stories about skateboarding and 720 that I was able to put all into one episode. So I wish I had started doing that. I just didn't have the foresight uh, before I started the show to do that. I should have done less broad topics in the early days. Then I have some that were, I called on location. You know, this was like the cruise episode or a road trip episode where I talked about, you know, something on that trip. And basically that was me trying to use that as uh, a subject matter on an episode. And then I have some that I qualified as a review or informative episode, like me talking about something I'd bought, uh, something I had acquired, something like that. So, but that all those categories, uh, again, nostalgic, the lists, broad micro topics on location and reviews that 
kind of encapsulates all of You Don't Know Flack. And as I go through these episodes, you can kind of put each one of those mentally into one of those categories. Now, there are a hundred episodes of You Don't Know Flack. And if I talk about everyone for a minute, that's a hundred minutes. That's an hour and 40 minutes. And that's not going to be fun for anybody to listen to. Plus, I've already talked for quite a while getting to this point. So on some of these, I'm going to go really fast. If I don't have something really to say about it, I'll you know, I'll mention them, but, uh, but you'll see, but I, I'm, my goal is to get this done in, uh, under an hour. So I'm looking at the timestamp right now. Of course I had to stop earlier, right about six minutes. So I will make a mental note and see <clears throat> if I make it through this in an hour. The first episode of you don't know flack was called firsts. And just as a point of reference, it was released on March 4th, 2008. So that was the official launch of You Don't Know Flack, which means I have been doing this show for ugh, exactly 13 years, 13 years and a few weeks. So I guess now that I think about it, it took me 13 years to do 100 episodes. That's not great, but uh, the um, I went back and listened to this episode. I was surprised that the introduction was the same. I used the same 8-bit music. Uh, this was an episode that I wrote out word for word. I'm not sure which microphone. I think this is still the USB headset microphone. It doesn't sound great. In fact, there are lots of pops, the explosives, the peas, those hard sounds. Um, the whole episode kind of has a weird sound to it. I'm not sure if I applied a filter to it or tried to do something to make it sound more professional, but it sounds weird. And I don't sound enthusiastic at all. I was really surprised. Maybe that comes from reading word for word, but the entire episode is kind of spoken this way. <laughs> it's very strange to me. It's definitely not the delivery style that I evolved into. Of course, my voice sounds very nasal on those early episodes because of both the microphone and, and just the way I was speaking. Uh, this is an episode that I mentioned that the audio shifts to the left track for some reason. My voice disappears from the right track for most of the episode. I don't know what happened there. I, ju I just don't have any recollection of that happening. Um, I did talk a little bit about, uh, I'm not sure if I talked about the headset in that episode, but like I said, um, you know, I, I evolved over time with the USB headset, then the, um, the sure microphone, which is an XLR mic into that big mixing board and then to a smaller mixing board. And then finally moving on to the Yeti. And I think in the episode where I get the Yeti, I do mention it. So we'll, we'll make a point of that. Um, but the three subjects of episode one was my first video game, which if you haven't listened to that episode was Pong, my first computer, which was the TRS-80 Model 3, and my first arcade game that I ever purchased, which was Elevator Action. At the end of the episode, I made a big point of driving home that I would be releasing episodes on the 1st and 15th every month, which I don't believe has ever really happened on any sort of schedule over the past 13 years, but... Uh, I stress it multiple times in episodes, but it never seems to happen. Episode two. Oh, and, and I do end that episode by saying that all I'm going to talk about on this podcast is technology. It's all going to be about old computers, old video games. You know, it's all technology all the time. That's going to be You Don't Know Flag. Episode two, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and this was a... I don't know, a happy accident, I would say. Now, this was, um, I looked it up. Gary Gygax died on March 4th, 2008. He died on the day that I released the first episode of You Don't Know Flat. 
And so Dungeons and Dragons was in the news. Gary Gygax's name was in the news. And I thought, boy, I love D&D. I have a lot of D&D stories. And I want to talk about them. So episode two was all about Dungeons and Dragons, which, like I said, goes against the entire thing that I had set up about technology and old games. But that episode, episode number two, changed the course of You Don't Know Flack. It took it from, this is going to be a podcast about old technology, and took it to, this is going to be a podcast of my old stories and old memories. Uh, again, this episode has more audio issues with the audio flipping over to the left, uh, but it is full of great stories. And I talked at the end of this episode a little bit about the future of RPGs and that uh, traditional Dungeons and Dragons may eventually die off. I can't see people wanting to spend time together, but this was all before Zoom. It's before people playing role-playing games, board games remotely online, and I didn't uh, that hadn't happened, and I didn't see that happening. So that's kind of an interesting development since the release of that episode. Episode three was about arcade, and boy, this episode sounds terrible. It's just full of those audio pops. Uh, again, I should have made these micro episodes. I didn't know how long I'd be podcasting. So, you know, one of the things I talk about is, oh, every arcade I ever visited. Well, those should have all been separate episodes. And this episode contains a lot of stories from invading spaces. And if you listen to that episode, you can kind of see what I was talking about earlier, which was uh, the podcast trying to drive sales of invading spaces. But of course, what ended up happening is the uh, podcast got much more popular and visibility than the book <laughs> ever did, which is probably a reason for it. it's not a great book. Uh, episode four was about console copiers. If you recently tuned into the International Computer Club that I mentioned online, uh, I did a small demo with a console copier. The audio quality is a little bit better on this episode, and it's possible that this might have been where I made a change to the XLR mics. Um, it was informative, and I did enjoy kind of that mixture of doing history, but also giving uh, stories about console copiers, but the downside when I listen to this one is it really should have been a YouTube video. There's a lot of things I talk about that are visual, and I think if you saw those console copiers, it would have been uh, much more interesting. Episode 5, that's the Boss BBS episode. This is a story that was straight out of Commodore. Um, this was the first episode as I'm listening that I had plugs at the end. This was right before, uh, OVGE, the Oklahoma video game expo was coming out and I plugged several of the people that I knew would be there and talked about the show. And it was kind of like my first attempt at plugging someone else's thing on the podcast. Episode six is about how to write a book. This is a really unfortunate episode because I think, there was a good intent. Well, I know there was a good intention here, which was to share that information, but the audio is very messed up. And I listened to it. It's uh, low volume and bad quality. When I listened to this, I almost wanted to go re-record this episode and throw it back in and not tell anybody just because it sounds so terrible. And I've thought about doing that for a lot of episodes is to go back and redo them and maybe try to improve on them. Uh, but this was all about how I wrote Commodore, and it's kind of an interesting story 
But I think a lot of this information is better as a website than a podcast. I think if you're looking for information on how to write a book, I don't know that you would go seek out someone's podcast episode. I think you would find someone's website that has this information uh, presented visually. So it was a good attempt, but I don't know that it worked. Episode 107 was the Kindle and the Acer. And this is two different technologies. And this was probably my first review informative type episode. I had just got both of those items and wanted to talk about them, I guess. The first was a Kindle 2, which I mentioned on the episode cost $359. I was very excited about the Kindle, and I fell in love with it, and then a few months later, I fell out of love with it. And the biggest problem I had with the Kindle was... I was downloading EPUBs and I was downloading PDFs and it would show PDFs, but uh, it just wasn't great. It was really intended to to sync up with uh, Amazon and their store. And that's not what I was looking for. So I eventually just replaced the, uh, well, first I replaced it with an iPad and then eventually I replaced it with a, um, a, a not a Linux, but a um, Android tablet. And that's what I do all my ebook reading on now. Uh, the other thing I had just purchased was an Acer Aspire 1 netbook. Now, the netbook is a uh, category of laptop and small computers that really kind of went away. This was a 32-bit netbook, which means you can't run 64-bit Windows 7 or 64-bit Windows 10 on it. So it's very limited. Uh, it's uh, And I paid $229 for it. It had a 9-inch screen. I go into great detail about how the SSD drive was only four gig and I needed more space. So I opted for a 128 gig spindle drive. Um, and I did record that episode on the Acer Aspire, which I think is kind of neat. And a lot of people uh, get caught up in uh, technology for recording and things. So it's kind of neat that I had this little $200 miniature laptop that I recorded the episode on. So that's kind of cool. Uh, episode 108, that was multi-track recording. I think this is where I started going off the rails on my topics and just looking around the room and saying, what's here? And of course, what I was looking at at that time was a 24-channel mixing board. So I talk a little bit on that episode about four-track recording and then moving to digital recording. And that episode actually ends with a song that I wrote and performed called You Can't Handle the Commodore, which I submitted to a demo party and took seventh place out of 15 entries. So part of me was a little disappointed that I didn't grade higher, but it was literally 15 musicians and I got right in the middle of the road. So uh, the fact that it was better than what eight other people's songs is really kind of mind boggling to me. It's not a very good song, but it was a fun rap that uh, incorporates a lot of funny references to the Commodore 64. Uh, let's see. 109 was about the 1541 Ultimate. This was a a um, review-type episode. I just got the 1541 Ultimate or Ultimate 1541. And this is more like um, one of those micro-topics. It's just one thing. I talk about that thing, and, and uh, I enjoy that. 110 was floppy disks. Uh, I had lots of stories about copying floppies and buying floppy disks and doing a disk conversions, things like that. You wouldn't think a, 
a topic like floppy disks would get you a whole episode, but that episode is over an hour long. So just goes to show you, I can talk about anything if you give me enough time. Uh, one eleven is the gas chamber. Now, again, uh, you know, I talked about there was two kinds of shows, like there were fact research shows, like the Ultimate 1541, and then there was storytelling, which is what this was. Uh, it was all about my old BBS, the gas chamber that I ran on a PC, and now that's the name of the forum that I run. Uh, this was also at a time where I'd had someone uh, on Twitter make some comments about the BBS name and, and saying that it was um, uh, anti-Semitic, I guess, was the the phrase, and and there were some things brought up, but but of course on that episode I explained, and I've said many times uh, that it came from an Ice Tea song, and it was actually about a prisoner <laughs> uh, on on death row. And of course I was getting influence from you know gangster rap type <laughs> that and, and heavy metal and stuff. This is where we all went to for aliases and BBS names and things like that. So I, I of course would never ever. Um, think of uh, think of it in another term, and it was it really shocked me that that other people did. So I did feel compelled to explain that on that episode. Uh, but those episodes are easy to make because they're stories. So there's very little fact research. It's all me, you know, just jotting down outlines of stories that I want to tell. And the other thing is that I know no other listener to my show ever called my BBS. So I'm not. I do try to be as accurate as possible, but nobody's going to be fact-checking it because it's impossible to fact-check. So if I get a date slightly wrong or I mention the wrong kind of hard drive or how much space I had, it just doesn't really matter on those type of episodes. It's more about the story. 112 is about Photon. Man, I really enjoyed this episode. I actually listened back to this entire episode. I put some sound effects in there that I'd got from a Photon recording that had all the original sound uh, sound effects and music, background music from the original laser tag game, Photon. Uh, this was important to me because it captured an era. You know, it kind of encapsulated this one little thing. And again, this is a great example of uh, a perfect 50-50. There's 50% facts about Photon, about when the company started, things like that. And then all my my stories and memories of playing laser tag. So that's a great episode. 113 is about Apple computers. It starts off with an apology for being late. A lot of the shows start off with apologies for being late. Uh, I believe this one was inspired by the death of Steve Jobs. I think he passed away right around this same time. Uh, now, this is the first episode that I recorded with a Blue Yeti. So this is episode 113. So pretty early on in the show, I made the switch over to the USB Blue Yeti, which has its pros and cons, to be honest with you. I mean, it's very simple to set up. It's You plug it into the USB. Um, what you lose is any physical mixing board. Like, you, you lose those dials where you can twiddle little dials to get sound. You have to do everything electronically. It's also very, very sensitive mic, and it takes some experimentation to get a good sound with the Blue Yeti. And uh, as you may know from when I moved to this house... I have struggled with reverb no matter where I put this mic, no matter what kind of sound deadening that I put. I have uh, sound deadening tiles directly behind my monitor. I mean, I'm looking, they're staring me in the face right now, and I still have issues with, um, you know, echo and stuff in this room. So it, it can be a finicky mic to get a great sound out of, but uh, but that's what I have, and that's what I'm sticking with for right now. 
Uh, I noticed that on episode 113 on the Apple computers, I hadn't really adopted loading time yet, which was uh, where I began presenting news and current events at the beginning of the episode. I think I was doing it, but I hadn't come up with the term uh, loading time. And then there's a big section on this episode, which I thought was very interesting uh, about the retroist and about how I had started uh, writing for the retroist and how I mentioned that. For some reason, I mentioned on that episode that the Retroist podcast was an inspiration for You Don't Know Flack. But when I went back and looked, the first episode of the Retroist, uh, his first podcast was released in March of 2009, and You Don't Know Flack started in March of 2008. So I don't know if I got confused on the dates, or maybe what I was saying was that as I had listened to it, it was inspiring me to change things about the podcast. I'm not really sure about that, but, um, uh, but don't, don't let me take anything away from that. Uh, the, the uh, retros podcast is great and uh, a zillion people listen to it. I listen to it. It's, it's one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Um, but it does sound confusing in this episode when I talk about it being an inspiration to start this episode or this podcast, because the timing doesn't really work out unless I'm missing something. So I'm not sure what I was talking about there. Uh, but I did get better at telling stories. This episode, as I listened to it, was kind of boring. And I got better at, at telling stories and, and being, you know, using a bit more inflection in my stories and my voice, my timing got better. And that's just uh, comes after putting time behind the mic and listening to your own episode and, and critiquing things and trying to improve things. Episode 114 was about arcade auctions. Uh, and this episode, I noticed that I started putting music behind the news section and I literally got some people saying the music was too loud. Some said it was too soft. Some said they loved it and I should put music behind the whole episode. And some people said they hated it. So <laughs> that goes back to not being able to, to please uh, everybody. The echo is really bad on this episode. And I think I either had, I either had the microphone on the wrong setting or I had it facing the wrong direction. One or the other. Uh, because it sounds really bad. And again, uh, this is an episode where all the stories basically came from my book, Invading Spaces, about arcade collecting. They were all arcade auction stories. Episode 115 was Text Adventures. And this was the first episode that I had a guest speaker on. I had Rob Sherwin join me on this episode. I really wanted this episode to be great because I love Rob Sherwin. And Rob Sherwin uh, shares... A love of classic video games, classic computers with me. Um, and But he's much more involved in the interactive fiction scene. He's written and released several IF games that have been highly rated. I mean, and he's a very funny guy and he writes great games. And the sound on this episode is doo-doo. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we were using Skype. I don't know how I recorded it. But not only is his audio bad, but mine's terrible. Um, I think the way I recorded, I recorded both. It sounds like we're both remote. It's just really, really bad. And, uh, I, I wish that I, I, at some point I'd like to do another episode. Once I, I figure out a better way to record, um, remote interviews and stuff, I'd love to do another episode with Rob and do some other stuff. The other problem is I set up this episode about text adventures and then we just kind of rambled about all different sorts of games and stuff. And so it was a fun, it shouldn't be called the text episode or text adventures episode. It should be called, you know, guest host Rob Sherwin. And just, we could have talked about things that would have been better. 
116 was about Mr. Moonpie. This was a fun episode because I got to let people in on the old story, kind of a the secret, you know, of Mr. Moonpie, my old uh, co-sysop, you know, on the BBS. It is weird now to have people make references to Mr. Moonpie. Like someone will say, oh yeah, Mr. Moonpie. And it's one of those things that I forget that I've done an episode over. And so then when people come back and, you know, they reference it, it just sounds, it's, it's weird to me. It's like people I don't know will reference it. It's very, it's very strange. I also threw in a lot of TBH 405 or the Brotherhood of 405, which was a, a kind of a hacker group, an elite group of uh, BBS users back when I ran my BBS. And there was a lot of uh, crossover in this episode. And this is actually why I never did an episode just about the Brotherhood, because a lot of that ended up in this episode. Episode 117 was all about copy fest. And when I went back and listened to this episode, I was surprised. This one sounds really good. And it was a good way to capture all these old stories. I get a lot of feedback from this episode from listeners who tell me that they had similar experiences back when they were younger and, and people, there was a lot less stigma around uh, swapping games on floppy disks back in the 1980s. Uh, number 118 was about the iCade. This is another review episode. Uh, it looks like I only did six episodes the previous year. And I talked about in this year that my goal was to do one episode a week, which uh, except for this last run, which started last summer, I've never been able to maintain that pace. But I did talk about uh, switching to using outlines and doing less editing and retooling the way that I did the show. So this was around the point where I knew that the old way of doing the show uh, was simply not sustainable and uh, that I had to just stop doing so much detailed editing and, and writing out all the episodes and doing all those things. Uh, but I did cover the iPad a little bit. I talked about the iCade and a little bit about Bluetooth. So this was a good episode. I, I enjoyed that one. Number 19 was HoHoCon. This was a great episode. I really enjoyed this. I like this episode because it gives me a certain amount of bragging rights when people talk about going to hacker cons or doing things. I could kind of reference this episode. So there was a little bit of, uh, oh, I don't know, tuning my own horn, for lack of a better term, on this one. It's funny that I talk on this episode so much about being pressed with the members of the Cult of the Dead Cow and how at HoHoCon I wanted to be friends with those guys because later on I did become friends with a lot of those guys. And I talked to those guys on uh, through social media, through Facebook. Uh, and in fact, um, the Swamp Rat, or Kevin, the founder of the Cult of the Dead Cow, when I went to New York City, he gave me a two-day personal tour of the city for two days after work. He, he walked, we did uh, one half of the of uh, the New York city one day and the, and the, like the North half one day and the South half the next day. And, and he was very, very gracious with his time. And, uh, it, it really felt like, uh, just hanging out with your idols, you know, and, and like other people have done with me. And that's why I try to be, uh, gracious. And I try to share my time so much as when people come to me and they say, man, I could really relate to your stories. And I enjoy that. And that was how I felt, um, when I met him, and we had so much in common, and he's always been uh, a very, very nice person to me. And eventually I went on to release a 
couple of tools and and become a part of the uh, CDC's uh, Ninja Strike Force. And so this episode, I think, kind of, um, I don't know, brought a lot of that about. And so I I've always enjoy it for that reason. Episode 120 was about uh, radio scanners. Uh, this one was a lot of fun to do. There's a lot of stories. There was a lot of obscure facts. This episode, like if you listen to this episode, that's what I really envisioned. You don't know flack to be like, this is where a lot of the pieces of the puzzle came together. I really, really enjoy that episode where I have, you know, again, uh, factual information, but also stories and historic, uh, point of reference on things. Uh, 121 was about thrifting. I don't think I have anything to add about that. It was just about how I go to thrift stores and garage sales and antique malls and buy things. Uh, 122 main cabinets. Again, that was kind of a, a throwback to uh, invading spaces about how to build a main cabinet and the parts involved. Uh, 123 was about the CFFA 3000. That is a uh, a card that you can purchase for your Apple. This is a micro topic episode. A card you can buy for your Apple that allows you to use a originally a CF card, but you can also use a USB stick to load Apple disk images on a vintage Apple II computer. Uh, I like if you Google CFA uh, CFFA three thousand. I think that podcast it used to show up on the first page. I think it's now the second page of Google results, but I've, you know, had people looking for information on the card and reviews of the card and have found that. But again, it's an episode that people took that same topic and made YouTube videos and they got a lot more hits and views and, and things like that than I got on my podcast. So I think YouTube, I definitely compete with YouTube on those types of episodes. Uh, 124 was about the Arcadia Retrocade, which is, uh, the arcade that's in Arkansas, Fayetteville, Arkansas, owned by my, uh, uh, good friend. And I, I, um, enjoy this episode, but as I listen back, I thought I should have been more specific. Like I should have talked more about what games they had and about the foundation, uh, of the arcade and, um, uh, that kind of stuff. So I enjoyed it, I, but I, I don't feel like I did them as much of a, a service as I could have. And I'd like to, maybe next time I go to the arcade, I'll, I'll do a little more. Maybe I'll do, you know, an interview with, uh, uh, the owners or, or something like that. I don't know. Um, but, uh, I, I would like to revisit that one. Uh, 125 was the video game crash of 1983, which I thought that was a fun episode where I actually took something that I lived through. I talked about it. I talked about, you know, some of the truths and I, some of the, uh, exaggerations about the video game crash. And, uh, yeah, I thought that was a cool episode. 126 was about the NES where I just basically told stories, you know, my NES stories, 127 basic programming. Not much to say about that one. Uh, 120, uh, or episode 128, which I had been sitting on was about the Commodore 128, which I thought was fitting. Uh, but that episode, I noticed when I listened back to it, the first half of that episode is news and it kind of, things kind of got out of proportion. You know, I think when people turn, tune into a, a podcast and, and this is kind of podcasts have evolved, but today I think if you turn on a podcast and it says, we're going to talk about whatever, we're going to talk about boats, then I think the first few minutes you can have your friendly chatter and you Talk, you know, one person talks about this, the other person talks about that, and then you say, okay, we're going to get into the topic. 
But it, it was like the ratio got out of control on You Don't Know Flack. The news was taking over. The first half of the show was not about the topic. And I actually got complaints from people saying, you know, it takes too long to get to the topic. And so I had to rein that back in again. And they're still a little bit long. Sometimes they're 15, 20 minutes long before I get to the episode. And um, I, I would like to pare that down even more. I mean, there are things that I like to share on the episode, and now there are things that I'm required to share. You know, I, I have to talk about Patreon. I have to talk about the ways that uh, people can contact me. And, and I, I have certain things like, you know, that I want to talk about on my podcast, but I know that people tune in for the main topic. And so that is a constant balancing act that, that goes on as I'm uh, preparing and recording shows. Episode 129 was about the El Reno Arcade Collection. Um, this is, again, like I, I, I think I actually read a comment on this episode where someone had said the news part was too long. And so then, I, I of course, I overcorrected. The news on that one was really short. Um, but this was a way to regroup and recycle information, like... I had talked about the arcade games that I had owned, but this is a subset of the arcade games that I had owned when I lived in one particular house. And so I could just talk about those machines and how I acquired them and, and how and when I sold them. So it was a fun episode. Uh, 130 was pagers, PDAs, and cell phones. Uh, this was similar to the Acer and the Kindle episode where I took different types of technology and grouped them together for a single episode. And I think you know, looking back at it, I don't think I would have had enough to do an entire episode about pagers. I wouldn't have had enough to do one about PDAs, which is basically Palm Pilots, and one to do about cell phones at the time. So by grouping those together, I got enough to do an entire episode, which I think is why uh, I combined those things. 131 was Fun with Boxes, which I really enjoyed. It has a lot of sound effects like red boxes and blue boxes. Of course, all that editing of... Uh, sound effects into an episode takes a lot of time, but I think it pays off on that one. And it's not, uh, it doesn't detract from, uh, you know, I think in the first episode, I talk about being a kid on a playground and then in the background, I start playing sound effects of a playground and kids playing. And I got away from that, but this, the sound effects of this episode are directly like the photon episode. They're directly related to the topic and you can hear what I'm talking about. So I think it works in that episode. I, I really do like that episode. Uh, 132 is this, the episode about Yukon Software. That's the computer store that my parents owned. The audio is not good on this one. The The volume is super quiet. This is one that I may, maybe I, I might just pull the audio back up and boost the audio and slip it back into the list. But something happened on the editing of this one. And I don't know, I'm not sure why I released it <laughs> in that quality. It, it doesn't sound right. Uh, 133 is my episode about ninjas. And this is, um, I didn't know, you know, this is really off outside the scope of you don't know flack. I mean, even when you talk about, you know, like I'm doing these episodes, like if you look at all the previous episodes, like the last five or six before this one, you've got, you know, pagers, you've got boxes, you've got arcade games, you've got the Commodore 128 basic programming. Ninjas are nothing to do. There's no technical connection at all. Uh, it's a 100% nostalgic type episode where I'm just going to tell stories and people really enjoy this one. Now I was on a road trip 
when I did this. And if you listen to this episode or go back and listen to it, you'll you'll remember that I um, what the what the real thing was. And I don't know that I mentioned this on the episode, but I felt like I was talking too loudly in my hotel room and I got really self-conscious and I had that H2 zoom portable recorder. And so I took that in the car and I went and parked at a nearby park and I recorded the episode in my car. So you can't have the engine running or the air conditioner because that's noisy. So I turned off the car. So I had to crack the windows to be able to get a little bit of fresh air in there, but that got the sounds of the park, which birds and, and things like that. But I think it worked out. Overall, and and I really enjoy, you know, of course, I'm a, a, a kid of the 80s, and I love all those old ninja movies, and I had lots of stories about dressing up in ninja costumes and running around. So, um, you know, it, it is a nostalgic. I wrote here in my notes, it's a going to the well episode. I don't know that I would call it that. Actually, I would just call it a nostalgic, you know, and, and for recording in my car on a portable recorder, the audio is surprisingly good. I don't remember what microphone... I hooked up to the H2 or if it had a built, I guess it had a built in microphone. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up, but, but the quality on that's really good. So it worked out. Um, 134 is about the OK Crackers, my quote unquote cracking group on the Commodore 64. Uh, this is stuff that was taken straight from Commodore, but expanded on a little bit. But, uh, uh, fun episode, not, not gr- great. It was good. Uh, 135 was about back masking. I enjoy this episode. There's some audio issues. I think I recorded this with a ceiling fan on or something. Cause some, you can hear like a, a motor or a hum, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing we learn over time as podcasting. You do an episode and then you forget and you go, well, can't do that. Uh, the, uh, I played some music samples backwards, which I thought was really fun. So that was a cool episode again it's a little bit i mean i tried to tie it into the technology but uh it's a little bit outside that scope 136 was about fun spot arcade i visited fun spot and that was another example of turning a a visit to a physical place into an episode Uh, 137 was souls at zero my old lit group um i've never been particularly proud (laughs) of the output of souls at zero i think it's pretty hokey and and uh Childish, even for the age that we were, even though I, I know there's some people that enjoy it, but I enjoyed the 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 production of it. I enjoyed setting it up, organizing it, all that stuff much more than the the lits that we ever produced. Um, and again, this is all stuff that came right out of uh, Commodore. One thirty eight was the Atari twenty six hundred. There were a lot of good stories in that episode. Um, unfortunately, again, this is probably stuff that could have been broken up into more micro focused episodes. So I, you know, really kind of blew all of my Atari stories into one long episode instead of where I could have broken up into, to different topics. Uh, 139 was about the galloping ghost arcade in Chicago that I visited. That was good. Uh, another example of, uh, turning a visit into a show. 140 was reclaiming spaces. And this was the episode I recorded, after I sold all my arcade games. And I think I was kind of depressed really at that point in time, I moved to a house that just did not have space for arcade games. And there was no foreseeable future, no way for me to, to keep all those. And so that was more about parting with stuff than, than acquiring stuff, which is what most of my shows are about. 141 was a raspberry Pi. That's another uh, micro 
focus. I gotta remember, I, I know I've changed the term <laughs> that I've been using since I started, but, um, micro topic, I guess is the, the term I was using, but yeah, the raspberry Pi, And of course that's changed over time too. And there are other things that I could do, um, more specific projects that I've done with the Pi. I could do episodes about, but, uh, that's a good one. Uh, 142 was all about Star Wars toys. That was a fun episode where I got to, you know, I was podcasting in a room where I had set up Star Wars toys all around me. So again, it's an example of just podcasting the stuff that was in my uh, immediate environment. 143 was about the mist. This is another example where I think there's a lot of informative information about the original mist, uh, which was the FPGA computer I bought, not the mister. This is the original mist, but I think a lot of people got their information from YouTube or websites. And so I don't know that, um, uh, that it worked as well in a podcast, uh, um, format. 144 was about Halloween. This is an episode that definitely should have been split up. And the problem is like, if you do a episode where you cover Halloween on Halloween night, then what are you going to cover next year on Halloween? If you just told every Halloween story that you have. Um, so, and that was kind of a bad planning on my part. 145 is the only episode on this entire list that I have highlighted. And this was about podcasting, which I think may have been my most significant contribution to the podcasting community. I wanted to make a podcast to encourage other people to start podcasting. And it worked. A lot of people over the years have told me they listened to this episode and they started a podcast solely based on hearing this episode. I should have streamlined it a bit more. You know, the the sales pitch was, hey, this is a, a an episode to, to get you into podcasting. And it has a lot of uh, personal, not personal, but, you know, um, news about my life and stories that don't really apply to that before that. And I should cut all that out. I should really have streamlined this and just made it just about um, podcasting. If you haven't heard this episode, I reached out to all my fellow podcasters for submissions and everybody took it seriously. Everybody that I emailed um, there's a, a segment that everybody mailed me, emailed me their segments and I put them all in. I introduced people. There's a, a recording from Guy Hutchinson who, uh, talks about, you know, how podcasting is cheap and free. And, uh, there's a, a submission from Ferg from the Atari 2600 game by game podcast. There is, uh, two submissions from Carrington Vanston, uh, who was doing no quarter, the arcade podcast at that time. And he's currently doing, Eaten by a Gru, and he's a member of the Retro Computing Roundtable. Uh, and, and that's the episode where Carrington gives the advice that the um, less you can do in post-production, the better off you are. It's great advice. Uh, Earl Green from the logbook.com sent in a submission. Uh, I got a submission from Rick Reynolds, who talks about his new podcast, The Intellivisionaries, and how they had just released their second episode. So that kind of dates uh, when this was released. He's also... Currently hosts the Holiday Special Podcast, which I've co-hosted on a couple of times. It's a really fun uh, podcast, and I don't know if he's still doing it. I know it stopped to start a couple of times, but he used to do a podcast dedicated to the Greatest American Hero uh, television show, which is really fun to listen to. There's also submissions from Paul Nermanum, who is also on the Intellivisionaries about the technical aspects of editing podcasts. Doug McCoy 
from the McCoy cast and all his different shows made an appearance. And then uh, there was finally a submission from the Retroist who talked about his podcast. So it was really my list of who's who when I was looking at, um, oh, and Sean, I know Sean had a submission, uh, my, my uh, podcast partner from uh, Throwback Reviews and who does uh, Horrified Chicken and some other shows. Um, if I have one regret about that show, well, two regrets. I already mentioned that the news segment's too long. The other one is I was really dismissive about making money uh, for podcasting. And I think what I did was I let my personal opinion and personal experience really affect that part of the show. Um, and I shouldn't have been quite so negative because now, of course, with Patreon, you know, people support me. Um, there are opportunities for um, uh, sponsorships and all kinds of stuff like that. So I, I you know, I, I was kind of like almost um, sarcastic about like, well, you know, if you're doing it for the money, you might find a different hobby, like that kind of stuff. And I, I, I don't listen back to it. I don't really like the tone that I had on that part of the show. So I, if I were going to do it again, I would change that part of it. I mean, it's, it's one thing to um, manage expectations. Like a lot of people don't ever make a dime podcasting and that's okay. Uh, not everybody's in it to, to make money, you know? And, uh, I, I certainly never started podcasting in hopes of, of, uh, you know, even covering my own expenses, but there is money to be made. So, uh, yeah, I think I was a bit too negative on that particular topic. Uh, 146 was about the Kong off. And, uh, that was the uh, Donkey Kong tournament that took place in Denver. Again, that's a trip into a podcast, uh, I got to meet Walter Day, the referee from Twin Galaxies, and Billy Mitchell at that tournament. Both of them were super nice to me. And uh, I stayed with Rob Sherwin, who I mentioned from the previous episode. And I met Mike McGinnis, who was the other host of No Quarter. Mike McGinnis is the just one of the sweetest people that I've ever met uh, involved in podcasting. He's just a very uh, gentle soul and a nice guy. And I miss talking to to Mike. I haven't heard anything from him in a while, but um, just a super great guy. And uh, I really liked getting to meet him and, and hang out with him while I was in Denver. And I think I also touched a little bit on the uh, one up and the two up, which are the two of the arcades that I visited. Uh, one of them, the one up, I think was the uh, uh, host of the Kong off three, but we also visited the two up. And I talked about that a little bit on that episode. One forty seven was uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, which is a double whammy for me. Why would I waste every Christmas story and every New Year's story into one single episode? And what was I going to do every other Christmas and New Year that came up? So definitely a mistake on my part. That's something I should have held stuff back and saved for future episodes. Uh, 146, no, 148 was about mod chips. That was a fun episode. Um I got to talk about one of my favorite topics on that episode, which is security through obscurity. This obviously took place before all the soft mods were out, which of course started, I think with the Wii was the first one that I saw a lot of soft mods on. There may have been partial. Well, I think it started with, there were some jailbreaks on the iPhone that were soft mods, which meant uh, you could do a jailbreak, but if you rebooted, it went away. And now they have soft mods, you know, that you put on your memory chip that stay and stuff like that. So um, that may be something that I revisit one of these days. Uh, 149 was networks. Um, this is one of the first 10 ideas that I had. This was on that very first list of 10 topics. And I just had to come up with 
enough stories to try to make that one interesting, which uh, hopefully I did. But uh, it was that was really me coming up with an idea and then trying to force an episode rather than having an idea for an episode come first. Um, one fifty is the creek. And it starts off with a custom intro. I think it's a remix that someone sent me. This is uh, one of my top 10 favorite episodes and one of everyone's top 10 favorite episodes. And this was a reminder that every now and then you could go off the path, uh, I guess figuratively and literally, and people enjoy it. Oh, you know, um, it's same with the ninja episode where every now and then you could step outside of that, um, you know, boundary that we make ourselves. I mean, it was my own restriction that I would talk about technology and things like that. But, uh, you know, to do an episode about the creek uh, was really, really nostalgic and sentimental for me. And I, I wanted to capture that feeling. And I, I think the biggest takeaway from that episode was that I was talking about a place that existed when I was a kid that's no longer there. And that seems to happen more and more now. You know, I mean, stores, buildings, uh, roads things that just existed when I was a kid that aren't there anymore. And, and that was uh, one of the things I wanted to capture. And by the way, that episode, which I don't think of as being an old episode, was recorded seven years ago. I can't believe that episode was recorded in 2014. Episode 151 was about theme parks. I think this was right after we got home from Disneyland on vacation. And so that was rolled in. I don't know how well that fits the theme of the show, but sometimes you just want to tell stories. And that's what that was. 152 was about Star Wars video games. Now, this was definitely a micro uh, topic. It's a little bit, you know, you don't want to say, I'm going to talk about video games because what are you going to talk about? There's a million video games. But it was a small section, and I collect officially licensed Star Wars games. I have Atari and television, NES, all the way up to, um, uh, I have Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 on uh, the PS4. So I have probably a hundred uh, Star Wars, and this is all original boxed uh, video games from different consoles, and so I talked a little bit about that. 153 was all about MTV. I really liked that one. That's, again, one where I could talk about facts and tell stories. There was a book that came out called I Want My MTV, and I think I recorded this before I read that book, which is too bad because that book has a lot of information, and it really answers the question when people say, well, yeah, why doesn't MTV play videos anymore? Well, that book tells you why. And actually, if you want to know why, <laughs> it's because MTV started playing videos because they didn't have to pay for them. They considered it as being commercials, and um, record labels would gladly send you the video because you would um, play that, and it was a commercial, and people would go buy the album. But what happened was the budgets of music videos got so high that they begin wanting MTV to pay them <laughs> and to recoup that money, you know, and uh, MTV didn't want to do that. But then they came up with the idea of reality television that starts with the real world. And it's basically a TV show that has very low production costs. And so they did the exact same thing that they had done before, which was they had content that they didn't have to pay a lot of money for. And uh, that killed uh, music videos. So that's what happened to MTV. Maybe I should make an MTV part two. 
154 was all about emulation PC. I think I'd put a PC in my living room that ran uh, some sort of front end to play emulators. Not much to add to that. 155 was all about cassette tapes. That was a fun episode, if I recall. 156, every computer I have ever owned. Uh, this was uh, information that some of these things I had covered these computers in other um, episodes, but there were a lot of computers I owned that I only had one or two stories over. I mean, I had a 386 SX16 that I ran my BBS off of, but I don't have an hour's worth to talk about. So it was fun to just go through chronologically and talk through all the different computers I'd owned from, you know, starting with the TRS-80 Model 3 up until the, the computer I owned at the time. 157 was the printer extravaganza. Again, this was another topic that was on my very first list of my brainstorming, the original brainstorming of topics uh, for the show. So it took a long time, 57 episodes to get this one in, but I finally came up with a printer episode. Uh, 158 was called Tornadoes, and I really thought that this episode would be more popular. I don't think it gets the attention that it deserves. I think it should be like the Creek and the Ninja episode, but I never get feedback about it. I may have got some at the time, I forget, but uh, I never get people go back and saying this is one of their favorite episodes, and it was... Um, I had personal connections to it because of the May 3rd tornado, which is the um, basically the biggest tornado ever recorded <laughs> touchdown in Oklahoma on May 3rd, 1999. It destroyed big chunks of Oklahoma, including the neighborhood that my mother lived in. Uh, her house was only partially damaged from uh, shrapnel from trees and two by fours from other people's houses getting blown. She had a two by four that uh, stuck through the brick in her house. It was a massive, massive uh, tornado. Um, that was the tornado that made them change the scale in which we rate tornadoes because it, only, it used to be F1 through F5, and F5 stopped at, I think, 350 miles an hour winds. But this tornado exceeded that, and that's when they went to the EF scale. So I really thought that episode would be more popular. Maybe not as many people have experience with tornadoes or, or aren't interested in them, but that was one that uh, I was kind of disappointed that wasn't bigger. 159 is about MAME. I don't really, I did not listen back to this episode, and I'm curious how much I, after I already talked about MAME cabinets, what I would have added uh, in talking about MAME, but it uh, uh, seems like I did. Episode 160 was Raiders of the Lost Garage. This was, I remember I was looking for something in the garage and digging through stuff. And I thought, I want, you know, I bet people would like to hear me digging through my garage. I don't know why that sounded like a good idea, but I had that H2 Zoom recorder. And so I took it out there with me and listening back to it now that I'm, I'm disconnected from it, I certainly feel like that would have been a greater uh, episode if it had been video. I think being able to see it would have been much more enjoyable than just listening to me describe things. Uh, 161 is VCRs. That was a fun episode. We had a, a VCR in the 70s all the way up to modern VCRs that I talked about how my current VCR is, is hooked up to my computer so I can capture video. Uh, 162 was 720. This was uh, definitely a micro topic where I talked about a single arcade game and I had just enough stuff to talk about for one whole episode so it really worked out and that's a that's a good episode and actually if I remember correctly that's the next week or the same week I recorded an episode of Sprite Castle my Commodore 64 podcast 
also about the game 720. So on that one, I talked more about, you know, or specifically about the Commodore 64 version of 720. Uh, 163 was about Best Buy. All my stories about working at Best Buy. 164 was Operating Systems, which was another podcast, which was a uh, one of those first 10 uh, episodes where I came up with the idea that, oh, there would be a, a good idea for an episode. And then I just had to find enough stories eventually uh, to fill in, you know, to make an entire episode. Uh, and I think I, you know, so I started on DOS and, and, uh, you know, then went through Windows and, and Windows 95 and Windows Server and all that. So I did eventually get enough information to do an entire episode. Episode 165 was all about college. Now, at this point in time, I had re-enrolled in school. I had made the decision to go back and pursue a master's degree in professional writing. And this was taking up a giant chunk of my time. This There was a, a big uh, period of time where I was not... Um, you know, recording episodes of the podcast just because uh, uh, I didn't have any time. On episode 166, I talked about horror movies. I really have no idea where the inspiration for this episode came from. It might have been one of the years where I tried to watch a bunch of horror movies during Halloween, during October. I've tried that a few times to watch 31 horror movies during the month of October. I almost always fail. It might have been uh, inspired by going to school where I was doing a lot of writing and plot analysis. So maybe that was the inspiration for this. It doesn't feel like it really fits with the show. And I haven't re-listened to the entire episode, uh, maybe ever, but maybe I will go back and do that. Episode 167 was all about the IBM PC, and on this I talked about, um, I know I talked about the PC Junior, some of the early computers we owned, the XT and, and uh, the 286 that my dad owned up until the time that I uh, graduated high school and, and moved out. He still had a 286 when I moved out, I had my Commodore 64, and then within a couple of years I upgraded to my 386 DX240 which I loved. It was a DX240 or just, yeah. But um, um, one of the things, you know, I, I've long wanted to own a PC Junior and, um, and just to play some of those old Sierra games, to play some of the old cartridge games that were available on the PC Junior. And since recording that episode, a emulation package for the PC called Exodos has been released. Now, Exodos has been around for a while, but Exodos version 5 adds a beautiful front end, and it also adds the ability to download games on demand. So you don't have to download half a terabyte package to get all the games. You can uh, get the front end, which is only um, you know a, a tenth or maybe less, I think the, the original download's around 30 gig if you just get the front end and all the metadata. And then as you pick games that you want to play, it downloads those games one at a time. And it's much more, especially if you're like me and you have a monthly data cap of a little over a terabyte, it's much more uh, economical way to try those games. Because let's face it, 95% of those games I'm never going to play and the ones that I do want to play, they're very quick and easy downloads. So that has kind of quelled <laughs> my desire uh, to uh, to own a PC Junior at this point. 
Episode 168 was the AP story. This was when a AP reporter came out to interview me and took pictures of my, uh, started out to be my classic console gaming collection, but then uh, moved on to the arcade games. And that was a another micro topic, but it was uh, worthy of an episode. 169 was all about cruises. Now, I think this was actually a request. I think I had mentioned that I had gone on a couple of cruises and people had asked me what it was like and what information you had. And so I did that. Again, this is a definitely a, a out of scope type of episode, but it was fun to put together. Uh, 170 was about arcade guts. I think this was all about the parts of arcade machines, and maybe I'd been upgrading a machine and had that on my mind. I don't remember. 171 was about UFOs, and I love this episode. This is one of my favorite episodes. Um, I I originally thought, when I was thinking of ideas for other podcasts to do, I thought about starting a podcast about UFOs. I love, Ever since I was a kid, I was always uh, excited about UFOs. I was always interested in UFO stories and alien abductions and the men in black and all the the goofy things. And I have mentioned this, I probably mentioned on the episode that when I started working for the Federal Aviation Administration, uh, I asked, hey, are there files on the UFOs? And people looked at me like I was crazy. Um, But I, I have legitimately thought about starting an entire podcast about UFOs. I don't really know what the angle would be if you're just telling the old stories or doing investigations. I don't really know. Uh, now, the thing about this episode that most people remember is that it has a shocking ending in which I recreated uh, or simulated the men in black or possibly the FBI or somebody breaking into my house and stopping the episode. And it starts with an abrupt sound of a door being broken into and me yelling and then lots of yelling of what sounds like, you know, police or military people and then they're static And I went back and listened to this episode and I wanted to hear that ending again. And it made me jump and I knew it was coming and I was the one who did it. And so it's, it's a very, uh, like, I apologize if you were driving and listening to that episode or operating heavy machinery or something like you could have sawed your hand off. I should have put a warning (laughs) on that, that there may be loud or scary noises on that episode. So I, I, I thought it was executed really well, but now I feel bad for having do it, done that, so I won't do that on any other episodes. Uh, 172 is about car audio. That was um, This was an era, I think, where I was running out of topics. And that has been a concern since day one of You Don't Know Flack, which was how long will I be able to go? How long will I have topics? You know, I've talked about most of the computers that I've owned. I've talked about... Uh, you know, different things. And like I said, if I had started from the beginning doing those little micro topics, I wouldn't have run out so soon. Instead of doing arcades, I could have talked about specific arcades. And I may, and I won't even say may, I will have to cover similar topics in the future, but I'll have to do it in a micro topic sort of way. So instead of talking about um, you know, an arcade, I may have to talk about one arcade game or one single machine or things like that. Uh, because eventually I will have, you know, by, by painting stories with broad strokes, I will eventually cover my entire (laughs) youth, my entire childhood, the whole time I was growing up. So, um, that, uh, you know, car audio is one that's not something that I would have thought originally, to cover on You Don't Know Flack, but I think it was one of those things where 
just during brainstorming thinking, I, you know, I guess I can make an episode out of that. Just, just kind of feeling um, desperate a little bit. Uh, 173 was movie theater memories. And I really liked that one. Um, and it's a real bummer now listening back to it, that some of the, the theaters that I talked about, even on that episode are now gone. The dollar theater in Yukon is now gone. Of course, Almani six, where I saw return of the Jedi, that's been gone for many years. But a lot of these movie theaters are gone. And even, I don't even know the status of some of them. Thanks to the, uh, pandemic in the past year. I haven't been out looking at movie theaters in a while, so I don't know how many of those are, are still around, but uh, it was a good episode, but um, limited, you know, limited scope. 174 uh, was about cars. Now, this is one that wouldn't really work as a micro topic. I don't want to do an entire episode about my old Firebird or an entire episode about owning a Yugo. So this was a good episode where it kind of, uh, you know, I got to run through uh, all the cars. And of course I've had lots of people tell me, I know, uh, amigo Aaron has mentioned that I was a maniac when I was a kid and I was rough on cars and he is not wrong. Uh, I learned lots and lots of lessons the wrong way on four wheels. Unfortunately, episode 175 is called hardest hits. And I should have mentioned, I guess even on cars, uh, and there's been a couple I've mentioned already, but I listed 175 hardest hits as a list episode where I sat down and I just kind of made a list of all the times I had suffered really hard hits <laughs> and um, presented each of those stories. So it's a different kind of episode because any one of those, again, wouldn't be enough material for an entire episode. But by grouping them together, I was able to get an, an entire episode out of it. Uh, 176 was Anarchy. I thought this was a fun retro episode. I was able to talk about all those old uh, Anarchy files and G files and and uh, text files from old BBSs and combined it with some of the books that I'd purchased over the years. That was a fun episode. I enjoyed it. It's very similar to the, um, the one about boxes, about red boxes and blue boxes. Uh, it's in the same vein. Um, road Trips. I think is kind of a list episode where I talked about going on different road trips and things like that. Uh, episode 178 was about Y2K. I did enjoy this one. This one was inspired by a podcast. The guy that did the podcast on uh, missing Richard Simmons did a second podcast about surviving Y2K. And I thought, you know, I would do my own episode and talk about my experiences with Y2K, which sometimes happened. You know, I just had a recent discussion with, uh, uh, Darren and Robin from the growing up eighties podcast. And, and we were kind of talking, you know, discussing the fact that they have done some episodes that have inspired me to do my own episodes, which were similar topics, but my own spin and, and it's worked both ways. And, uh, that, you know, that's kind of just how podcasting goes. <clears throat> there have been a few occasions where I felt like someone was out and out copying me. And then there was one, I don't want to get into the details, but there is a famous type podcast that I know I, someone involved basically with the show kind of let me know they were poaching from one of my podcasts, which um, it was more like topics than, than actual uh, source material. But I don't know. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but at the end of the day, all you, what can you do? You you make your own best show and, and go with that. So uh, <laughs> sometimes you just got to let it go. 
but yeah, that, I was inspired by that other podcast talking about Y2K, surviving Y2K to talk about my Y2K uh, experiences. So uh, that was a fun one to put together. Uh, 179 was Tempting Death. That was another list episode where I had lots of different stories of times where I had almost been killed or, or some, could have been severely injured. And uh, that was fun putting that together. That was kind of a spinoff of the Hardest Hits episode, actually. 180 was Thanksgiving. Again, terrible idea. Uh, would you throw... I mean, once you've thrown all your Thanksgiving stories in one episode, what do you do next year for Thanksgiving? And the answer is I can't do anything uh, because I told every one of my stories. Uh, 181 was archiving, and that was a good episode. Um, I probably should have split this up because I talked about archiving floppy disks. I talked about um, archiving VHS tapes, uh, archiving cassettes, like all that stuff. It was basically digitizing everything. And uh, I, I probably should have split those up into different topics. Um, 182 was breakdancing. And that was a fun episode to put together. I love talking about breakdancing. And that was uh, a big part of my fifth and sixth grade elementary school years. Now, I did note that that episode was published on May in 2017. And the next episode, which was all about music, was in March of 2018. Now, I graduated with my master's in the spring of 2018 in May. So there's a year break here in podcasts, but this was the, the last year of my master's degree. And so I was really focused on school at this point and, and just wasn't able uh, to keep up with podcasting. Now, music is another topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I have thought multiple times that I would like to spin off and start a podcast just about music. Um, I haven't come up with a original way to do it. And I don't think like, I don't need, like, do you want to listen to me talk about ACDC or Metallica once a week or whatever? Like, I don't know that people want that necessarily. So, um, you know, if I could find an original way to try to do it, then I might do it. But I've kind of got my hands full with You Don't Know Flack and Sprite Castle right now. And they're both seeing a little bit of a resurgence. So I, I just don't have time to uh, to do a third podcast full time or to dedicate the time that I would need uh, to do it. But uh, again, the music one was uh, half facts, you know, about bands and, and music and then stories um, this was a time that, uh, I know that I had started a spreadsheet, so I should have started this on episode one or one Oh one, but I didn't, but I started a spreadsheet around this time where I started going back and listening to episodes and writing down every story that's in every episode. The reason I did that is because I have a tendency to repeat myself and I didn't want to start releasing episodes where I was telling the same stories over and over. One, because you don't want to hear the same story over and over. And two, because I'm liable to tell it a different way the second time. And I don't need to be fact-checked in my life. So um, I uh, I don't write down the stories, but it's it's literally a spreadsheet. So I'll say, hey, this is, you know, I told the story about building a fort. I told the story about shooting the doghouse with my bow and arrow, you know, just things like that. And then I could go back and search and see if I've done a topic or, or something like that. So, um, and I will tell you an interesting thing around this time is I started doing a episode right around this time about Hohokan. And I wrote up the notes and right when I started recording, I got this weird 
uh, deja vu feeling and I stopped recording. I had put in a lot of work. I stopped recording and I went back and looked and saw that I had already recorded years prior an episode about Hohokan. And so that was where I, I kind of said, you know, I need to start becoming more organized and making a list of, uh, you know, the stuff that I've already covered so that I don't cover it a second time. Um, let's see, 185, I believe, was, no, 184, <clears throat> was uh, about skateboarding. This is a nostalgic episode, like the ninjas, like the other things like that, like breakdancing. It was a really good episode, and this was December of 2018. So I only did two episodes in 2018, one on music and one on skateboarding. 185... So there's a huge break here. So there was only two in 2018. There are no no episodes in 2019. And then in July of 2020, I re uh, recorded episode 185 called My Current State of Affairs. And this was the beginning of the rebirth of You Don't Know Flack. You may have heard this episode. This is where I talked about moving into a new home. This is where I talked about trying to deal with the echo and the reverb. Uh, in the new home. This is where I talked about feeling like I had a obligation almost to go back to podcasting and give back to people because I had taken from other people from podcasting during the pandemic and I was locked at home and I was not feeling well and I really wanted to help other people feel better the same way that I felt better after listening to other people's podcasts. And so that was the rebirth of You Don't Know Flat. Again, that was episode 185 in July of 2020. And I have recorded and released a new episode essentially every other week since then. I think there's been one or two weeks where it slipped back a week. But but basically since July of 2020, um, we've we've been on track for two episodes a month. Episode 186 was televisions, every television that I ever owned. That's obviously a list episode. And that was a fun episode. I actually uh, had more information about the uh, TVs and made it more interesting than I originally thought it would be. 187 was about Mid-South Wrestling. That was the professional wrestling I grew up watching. Now, during this time, I had kind of uh, resubmitted myself to the um, Amigos uh, discord channel, which I had been a member of. And those guys at, you know, as I brought the show, especially Sprite Castle, when I brought Sprite Castle back, they asked me if I wanted to make Sprite Castle part of their network. And I was absolutely flattered. And so I began hanging out on their discord more. And, um, <clears throat> there's an area of the discord where Amigo Aaron, which is one of the two hosts along with boat of, uh, the Amigos podcast, uh, talks about, professional wrestling. And so it made me think about all my old memories of professional wrestling. And so that part of their discord server, uh, is really what inspired that episode, episode 187, which was about mid South wrestling. Um, I'll throw in a quick plug here. If you support my show on Patreon or the amigos or pixel guide in any of those shows, you do get access to the discord server and it's more than just Amiga chat. There's all kinds of areas for retro gaming, there's modern gaming. Um, each of those podcasts have their own areas. ARG Presents um, is another podcast that's involved, uh, which is uh, Amigo Aaron and his brother, The Brent. And if you support them, any of those gets you access 
to that Discord server, and it's a lot of fun. So um, there's a, there's a plug for that. Episode 188 was all about karate. That's a nostalgic-type episode, and that was fun. I really couldn't believe I hadn't covered that before, but that was a, a cool episode. 189 was all about joysticks. Now, I had just got my Ultimate 64 hooked up, and I was looking for Commodore joysticks, and I think I had just reset up my Apple II, and I was getting the Apple II joystick, and so I was doing all this looking and cleaning of joysticks, so when you got joysticks around, you make an episode about joysticks. Um, <clears throat> episode 190 was about Tron. This is a good micro-topic uh, subject for a podcast because you could talk about, and I did talk about Tron, the movie, Tron, the toys, Tron, the video games. I mean, you get all that stuff. Plus, you know, growing up playing, uh, literally in the front yard, playing Tron with, with Frisbees, throwing them at each other's heads and stuff. So I had a lot of good stuff tied in and, and those type of episodes, I think is what you can expect more of in the future of, you don't know, flat, uh, 191 was all about bicycles. This was a good nostalgic episode. There was a lot of good stories in there, similar to the um, Creek episode. And I mentioned this episode to my wife, and she said, boy, I got a lot of stories about my bicycle growing up. And so episode 192 was about Intune Magazine, which was the music magazine that I started in Spokane, Washington, that I ran along with my wife. And the first part of that is... Uh, I brought my wife, well, my wife was on the entire episode, but I brought her on to talk about her bicycle stories, and then we moved into Intune Magazine, and we told the story and, and traded back and forth, and it went really well, and I mean, it makes me want to do a podcast with my wife full-time, but she's very busy, and a lot of the topics that I love to go on about, she doesn't have anything to add to. She is not going to come in here and talk about ninjas or breakdancing. I can promise you that. So, uh, But that episode was very popular, and a lot of people gave uh, positive feedback. Every time I have someone else on the show, people love the show. <laughs> so that's how it goes. Um, <clears throat> one eighty or no, 193 was all about puppets, which was a nostalgic episode. It was a fun topic. And it was inspired by an episode, or I think a conversation more, uh, with uh, Darren Folds, who's one of my Patreon supporters and uh, one of the co-hosts of Growing Up 80s. And he is a big fan of the Muppets. And he does uh, some YouTube videos now talking about a, a comic book called Gru. And um, in the background, he has Muppets uh, like that he's collected. <clears throat> and so I think that just got me thinking about puppet shows and, and the Muppets and things like that. So that's probably um, where that subject came from. Episode 194 was about Crossroads Mall. And this was, uh, believe it or not, inspired by the Creek episode. It was a place that I went to and I had a lot of fun going to as a child that no longer exists today. And so I thought that would be a good episode. And a lot of people sent me their stories about malls and places they used to go to when they were kids that are no longer there. So uh, if I can strike that nostalgic uh, nerve in, in listeners, then then I succeeded. That's always the goal. Uh, 195 was about shelves, and that idea came from a book that I am working on and continue to work on. And I was also building some shelves, and so I have a lot of stories about shelves. And uh, I don't know that it was that this was a really successful episode. It's kind of a lame topic, but it seemed like a good idea, but I don't know how successful that one was. 
196 was Christmas Part 2. I really had to dig down and find more Christmas stories uh, to share about Christmas. I mean, in a Christmas episode, I don't know what else to talk about. So, you, you, I mean, if it's Christmas time, you have to have a Christmas episode. So I really um, dug deep and, and came up with some other Christmas stories for that episode. I don't know what I'll do next year for Christmas. Um, <clears throat> 197 was all about the Mr., the new FPGA computer. And I wanted to do this episode for a couple of reasons. There were a lot of people. I had bought a Mr. computer. Other people were interested. So I really want to do um, you know, my, my, uh, associate's degree when I was, a, uh, I was going to say when I was a kid, I was a kid was in journalism. And so I like that idea of, of that, that mindset of being a journalist to research things and present information. So I liked doing this episode, but I started getting this feeling of imposter syndrome, which is the feeling where you feel like you don't know more than anybody else about it. So why should you be considered to be um, you know, a, a point of reference, right? And I uh, have written a lot of episodes. You know, I've done arcade stuff. I've done Commodore 64 stuff. And there's always people waiting every time. I mean, within, you know, a day or two of an episode coming out, people will will are quick to email me to tell me what I got wrong. If I got a fact wrong, you know, I had a, a hard time, a long, uh, many episodes where I would interchange megahertz and gigahertz and hertz. Like I would say, oh, and you know, blue boxing was 2,600 megahertz, or I might say gigahertz, or I might just say hertz. And it's, it's always um, a little bit of a downer. I mean, you, you have to take the personal part out of it, right? But it's always a little bit of a downer when you work on an episode for multiple days. You do all this writing, you do all this recording, you do all this editing, you put it out, and then the first email you get is, hey, you got this fact wrong. And that's it. They don't say otherwise great episode or anything. It's just, they just tell you the, the one second out of multiple days worth of work that you got wrong. And so, you know, if it's a topic that I don't like, I don't know more about the mister than anybody else. I mean, I didn't, I just started reading and getting information. And so you, you almost feel like you're, you're getting information and, and relaying it without, understanding it, if, if that makes sense. You know, you're just repeating what other people have said without testing it or, or doing things. And so I, I didn't want to do that. So I really spent a lot of time on this episode, trying things. And, and I think for the most part, it came out okay. And, uh, you know, I, I've got positive feedback. I don't think I got any negative feedback on that one. So, um, so it, it, it turned out okay. Um, 198 was about lunchboxes. Again, this is, um, number one, it was kind of a, well, it was a combination. It was a nostalgic episode, but it was also a list episode. But I was in the process of building a set of shelves to put my lunchboxes up. So whenever I get involved in a project like that, you can expect to see uh, or hear an episode of You Don't Know Flack on that topic. Episode 199 was about McDonald's. And I think um, along those same lines, uh, either from the lunchboxes, I have a collection of of McDonald's glasses, and I was putting those on shelves. And I think that's kind of where the beginning of that one came. But that one is really strange. It's very, very nostalgic for me. I spent a lot of time at McDonald's uh, as a kid. Maybe not a lot of time, but I have very strong memories of the playground and and doing all those things. And it's funny because a lot of my listenership comes from other countries, and I don't know that they have that same connection uh, with McDonald's or fast food places in general. So, um, so I think it's an interesting, 
you know, it kind of exposes something that maybe we we have or do in America that doesn't happen in other places. But I really did enjoy uh, talking about, you know, the toys and the Happy Meals. And um, it was very nostalgic for me. I did enjoy that episode. And then finally, we had episode 200 part one, which was my interview with my buddy Andy. And this was, um, I think, the first episode where I actually just sat down and interviewed somebody. You know, the episode with Rob Sherwin, we had a topic that we talked about, which was text adventures. And the same thing uh, with my wife and Intune Magazine. We It was a topic that she just happened to co-host on. But uh, this was an episode where we literally just sat down, Andy and I, with no questions and talked. And um, <clears throat> I... The audio is not great. I mean, we just put a, you know, I put the um, uh, uh, Blue Yeti in between us with uh, a stereo mode, and, and we both talked into the microphone. And, be, you know, because of COVID, we were a little afraid to get too close to each other. So we we tried to sit apart, and you can hear some room echo. Of course, the point of that episode is not, you know, that to have great audio quality. It's to capture that friendship. And the greatest thing about that episode is that I got feedback from multiple people. I got feedback uh, from a listener in Ireland who I, I sent it, they, the uh, listener sent me a feedback on the, uh, you don't know, flack uh, podcast hotline, uh, which is four Oh five, four eighty six YDKF. And I sent that recording to Andy and he was like, people listen in Ireland. <laughs> I definitely am um, cut and paste some of the feedback I got about that episode. I know people enjoyed uh, hearing, you know, uh, two friends from way back talk. And uh, I, I think he was just tickled and I was just definitely thrilled. And I'm looking forward to, you don't know, Flack episode 200 part three, the final part of this episode where I do another interview, which I'll go ahead and tell you will be with my buddy, Jeff. And I'm greatly looking forward to sitting down with Jeff and doing the same thing I did with Andy, just telling old stories and talking and, and, uh, catching up. So that's where we are. That's where we've come from. And that's where we've come to. Uh, I think people overall enjoy You Don't Know Flack. I think the people that don't quit listening and that's okay. The people that do like me and like my stories have hung around. And I hope that they'll hang around for another 100 or 200 episodes, however many uh, there happen to be. I'm always, every episode when I'm done, I publish and I think I'm out of story ideas. I don't have anything else to do. And every other week, I come up with something. And so those micro topics, I think that will be the future of the show. Um, you know, talking about, like I said, arcade games, it's just too broad of a topic. But if you talk about a specific arcade game, I can, if it's something that I can get enough out of an episode, you know, or enough information to make a whole episode, that's what I would expect in the future. And, um, I think people have enjoyed those episodes. There will always be nostalgic stuff because that's why I do this. I, I do it because I'm a nostalgic type guy. And uh, right now I'm a nostalgic guy whose uh, throat is giving out after a, two or three hours of recording. But, um, uh, you know, there are um, some of those things, the nostalgic stuff. I just worry that there's a finite number of them, but I, I always um, try to come up. I mean, I, you know, um, like I'll see an old picture and I'll see something in that picture and that will uh, spawn me or I'll hear another podcast and I'll say, oh, I could do something similar to that and spin it off and make it my own, you know. So so there are, if you keep your eyes and your ears open, there are topics to do. And as long as I can keep coming up with things, I've always joked that the last episode of the show will be called Now You Know Flack. 
and um, you know we'll we'll <laughs> and that'll be it. You'll know everything about me. There won't be anything else. But uh, there's still stuff in the vault. There's still ideas. There's still show topics, and there's still um, uh, some creative juices flowing. So I expect to continue doing the show. Um, I do it for you guys because I know you enjoy the stories and I do it for me because I enjoy doing it. I enjoy sharing the stories and putting the shows together. And, uh, so as long as you're having fun and I'm having fun, uh, the, the show will, uh, keep going. So, um, will I ever start another sideshow, a music podcast or a UFO podcast? I, I had everything in place to start a podcast about writing, but again, you get into that imposter syndrome where you think, you know, I've, I've submitted books to agents and I can't get an agent to pick up one of my books. So am I in a position to, um, to do a podcast about writing? I don't know. I feel like I'm not. So, um, but, uh, you know, those are things that I think about, but for right now, this is where we're at. We we've got, you don't know, Fleck and we've got Sprite Castle and I've still got enough energy and, and time to keep doing them. So, uh, that's, uh, That's where we are today, and that wraps up uh, part two of this way super long episode of You Don't Know Flack, episode 200.2. So um, <clears throat> thank you for listening to You Don't Know Flack, not just to this episode, but for all these years. Uh, if you have feedback about this or any episode of the show, you can email me directly at Rob O'Hara at robohara.com. Join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash robcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Commodork or leave me a message on the podcast hotline, which is 405-486-YDKF. All Patreons of my shows get behind-the-scenes blog posts, weekly videos, access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server, and other additional perks. To find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash Rob O'Hara. You Don't Know Flack is available on iTunes, Spotify, the RSS feed at podcast.robohara.com, and Hacker Radio 105.8 in Helsinki. To hear more podcasts from me, like Sprite Castle, Cactus Flax, Throwback Reviews, and Multiple Sadness, visit podcast.robohair.com for links to these shows. And last but not least, I have to mention my Patreon supporters. I don't have to mention them. I want to mention them because these are the people that support my shows and keep things moving forward. So thank you to the Slow Norris, Joshua Eckroth, David Chambers, Paradroid, Matt Hill, C-Dubs, Carrie Clanton, Zeke Pavsky, Alan Hudgens, Mitsuyama, Steve Sharippa, Mr. Bundy, Stephen Burt, Mike McLaughlin, Darren Folds, Rydar Bow, Christopher Bow, Armadon Restel, Olav Hope, David Hearn, John Schaller, Eric Stryanisi, Matt Nicholson, Dave Zilli, Steve Rasmussen, Patrick Markey, Chris Folds, Garrett Allier, Scrap Arcade, Jose Cazada, Graham Vebke, Rick Reynolds, Scott Lambert, John Morrison, Mark Alley, Jake Nonamaker, John Treholt, Roy Jacobs, and the mysterious Cobra Kai. Thank you guys so much for supporting my show and sticking through me all this time. I really appreciate it. Stay tuned, and in a week or two weeks, you will hear the final part of the celebration of You Don't Know Flack, Episode 200, Part 3, 
an interview with my buddy Jeff. Thank you guys, and I will talk to you soon. One forty-five. I actually have highlighted. It is the only um, 